You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, drunk marks and drunk marquettes? Welcome to week three of Invasion Month here at Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your... I'm Adam, your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us and invading the airwaves while we uh, continue our month-long celebration and uh, coverage of the Invasion Angle from 2001 but before we jump into all the fun and shenanigans make sure that you head over to whatamaneuver.net invade the website and get some drunk wrestling history t-shirts tank tops hoodies and onesies for the miniature drunk marks and drunk marquettes want them uh looking like a true drunk wrestling historian with the logo on their chest whatamaneuver.net buy a fucking shirt buy a fucking shirt you heard the man <laughs> And uh, we've got a pay-per-view episode. Always goes well with drinks. What do you guys have? Okay, I've got a couple things. You should see the the table over here. I'm recording in the dining room. <laughs> I'm using up the entire fucking table for this. I've got, first thing I'm going to drink is I've got this whiskey that I, uh, I tweeted about it. This uh, whiskey I got myself for my birthday. My birthday's not for a couple weeks, but it's a very, very smoky Irish whiskey called uh, Silky. I think it's called Silky Midnight. Midnight was the, you know, the type. And uh, I'm going to start with a little bit of that, but it's just a little a flight, bit. It's probably, ladies and gentlemen. it's probably not, it's, yeah, I have a flight. It's probably <laughs> not even quite a shot. It's a little, I'm making this bottle last, you know, a long time. Then I've got, up next, I've got some coconut liquor Ooh. that I put mm. a little bit of chocolate bitters in. This is fantastic. Ooh, that's like a, what that's, is it, a Mounds or Almond Joy? It, yeah, it kind of tastes like, well, no, Mounds is coconut. Almond Joy is almond. See, I always get confused because I don't eat either one of those. You're not sure which one has almonds. I don't know which one is which. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they almond joy, I guess that would really be confusing, right? The almond. Yeah. If they'd given them better names, you probably could keep it straight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a mounds. Yeah. It's like coconut and chocolate. Okay. Ideas for next episode. And then after (laughs) that, I'm going to be drunk by the end of this episode. So we're doing two tonight. So when you hear, let me see, this is coming out this Friday, which is the 22nd or something. Two weeks from then, I'll probably be pretty drunk on that episode. So my la- the last thing I have, it's a beer. It's a 16-ounce beer. It's called Who the Fuck Put Carrot in the Cake? The fuck? And it- oh, goodness. So it's a, it's a carrot cake stout. Yes. I haven't had the stout yet, but they had like a uh, hazy or a uh, IPA. I think it was an IPA, a carrot cake IPA. It was killer. This sounds amazing. Yeah. It says Imperial Milk Stout with Carrot, Chocolate Cream Cheese, Cinnamon, and Granola. Oh my and gosh. Yeah, and the reason I'm saying I'm going to be drunk is because it's 10%. So I've already had a shot. I've already had a shot of Jameson. I had a uh, can of IPA, uh, Voodoo Ranger, which is like 6% or something. Then I got the whiskey, 
the coconut shit, and then this. So, yeah, I'm going to be feeling good by the end of this episode. Somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> Somebody call my mama. <laughs> Somebody call your mama. Well, to be perfectly honest and pull back the curtain a little bit, I'm recovering from COVID, so I'm not drinking as much Sir. as Eddie on this episode. Uh, sticking with blackened and water, I'm not overdoing it. So while Eddie comes to you straight drinking from the drunkard dome, I am <laughs> sipping from the COVID cave and taking it easy tonight. We need to get and you. You know, out I didn't even there. think. I didn't even think to ask you if you were drinking or earlier, or and and if so, what? It didn't even. I knew you were getting over COVID, but I didn't even think about the drinking part. Uh, yeah, just kind of taking so. it easy, sticking with the old tried and true blackened water. Uh, you know, I've got a cough, so that's not going away. So if you hear me cough during the episode, I apologize in advance. It's going to happen. But uh, yeah, recovering from that shit and taking it easy. So uh, Eddie will be the drinking hero of this episode. Yeah, we're going complete opposite routes tonight. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm having a sip of this smoky ass whiskey right now. And All right. So I've got some Earps Original Sarsaparilla. Earps? Something like that. But here's the more important thing that I have to share. So the other day, our good friend Jeff Verbal Sows 37. Love that uh, guy. Said, yeah, he was uh, listening to our uh, to last week's episode where we covered the Invasion pay-per-view and tweeted out saying that, yeah, this is back in the day when uh, me and my friends were at B-dubs and uh, uh, eating wings and uh, listening and watch, watching wrestling. Or here it here it is. Uh, I would sit in a booth of a Buffalo Wild Wings for three hours, eat, watch a pay-per-view, and just drink pop. So now you know his <laughs> geographic area. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can you can narrow it down yeah. somewhat. <laughs> so in honor of our good friend uh, Jeff, uh, I, I went to our... Uh, I didn't go to Buffalo Wild Wings, but I did go to Fire Wings, and I picked up... Uh, in honor of uh, 21 years of uh, invasion, I have 21 chicken wings. Adam, it's so unlike you to eat during an episode. I expect you to eat the whole thing yeah. during this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but yeah. here's well, th thanks Jeff for the inspiration uh. and for making Adam a half hour late tonight. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily that; it was work was busy. But um, <laughs> you can yeah. never be happy that Adam's bringing something to the show. You gotta give him shit. <laughs> God. It's what I do. <laughs> Ball breaker over here. Drinking his fucking smoky whiskey. Real quick, people uh, out. You, might, you might be asking, uh, they, they don't sell 21 wings. Well, uh, well, here's how you do it. You order 25 and do quality control on four before we record. So Excellent. That, that's how you do it. I see. I see. And I don't think that's... it's a matter of, like, if I'm going to do it, it's a matter of, like, by which match these will be destroyed. So, yeah. <laughs> It's Scott. I thought you were going to be the one with the diarrhea problems tonight. <laughs> the night's young, my friend. Yeah. We'll have a competition. Yeah, right. Those It'll be like that episode of South Park where they're playing Warcraft and fucking Cartman's, Cartman's mom comes mom down comes and has in. a bucket for him to just shit into. God, that was so I'll gross. put Peyton on standby with a bucket. Why would you do that to her? I have a pretty good... I have a pretty good bucket-related story, but I'll tell you, I don't want to tell it on here because it's disgusting. And somebody's, eat, somebody's eating lunch while listening to this. I'll tell you later, though. Nobody's supposed to eat during this. You're supposed to drink during this. Yeah, well. <laughs> tell me after. Trust me, I'll tell you after. <laughs> Excellent. But he, but he will tell us a few things before we jump into the pay-per-view. 
Yeah, a couple quick notes. Um, so I like to do every so often, as you guys know, just uh, shout out to the countries we got listeners from. So Puerto Rico, Canada, United Kingdom, Virgin Island, U.S. Virgin Islands, Ireland, Mexico, Egypt, Germany, New Zealand, Peru, Chile, Philippines, Poland, some flag that doesn't have the name next to it, so I don't know what it is, um, Ukraine, United States, minor outlying islands, and not only that one dude in India, but suddenly India is our second biggest country. What? The second most. Da- yeah. Suddenly we got the second most. It's only 33 downloads from India this up to up to this point this month. But still, when you but, jump from one to 33. Yeah. Can't. It, it was always it was always one a week. The That's one dude that in one India. One dude in India. Um, but suddenly we have 33 fucking downloads in India this month. He told 32 friends. I guess so. Yeah. Canada is has been our number two forever. Once in a while, UK will beat it. But it's almost always Canada, but suddenly uh, India uh, coming up from behind. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks to India and that one dude in India. <laughs> for telling his friends. Yeah, for telling his friends. Um, so I got a tweet from a dude. His name is not Joseph Duncan, Canadian flag, hashtag nacho do. And then it's dot, 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 because it's cut off. He's at Joseph Wrestling. He said, um, I got this like a week ago or so. He said, hi, first time listening to your podcast. Here's three notes I have for you. One, Booker T and DDP also had AOL contracts, but took a buyout. Booker was on a hot streak plus a double champ. DDP was old and always about improvement. So that's why they went there. They were on the same contract as everybody else. I see. But they, okay. Um, Two, Scott Steiner was working through a back injury for months. I don't know if he's legit. I don't know if his, it's, there's a typo. I don't know if it's legit back injury from 1998 was giving him problems, but he was hurt for months when WCW closed. And three, WWE in 2005 made offers to Shane Douglas, but Douglas promised himself not to work for Vince again. So good <laughs> it worked move, out Shane. so well for him. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's so that was just clearing up clearing up a few things that we had talked about on episode on the first episode of Invasion Month. And one last note. Um, do you know anything, Scott, about something major that happened in someone's life who listens to the show? A friend of the show, if you will? Uh, something major. Dobro got married. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, huge congrats to Dobro, dude. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you uh, okay. brought that up. But yeah, I huge saw it congrats on Instagram to last. I saw it on Instagram last week. I wasn't sure if you knew, and I was waiting to tell you on here. I figured I'd, I'd you know, say it on here and see if you knew. So, okay, so you knew. So, yeah, congratulations to Dobro. Yeah, no, we love that dude. He's always been a huge supporter. Just a huge beacon of a light of positivity on all forms of social media. Love Dobro. And huge congrats to you and Robin Dobro. Super happy for you guys. Lachayim to life. Fuck yeah. And that wraps up our notes. Let's get into the episode. For this week's episode, uh, as already uh, indicated and implied, uh... We have uh, gone dick deep into the invasion storyline. I'm taking Eddie's vocabulary here. That's not very deep. Oh. <laughs> Adam, it's balls that's deep. That's more of an insult on you if that's the well, case. We'll, we, should be ball, we, we should be balls deep by the end of this episode. <laughs> right now we're just head deep. <laughs> just the tip. All right. So, so, so many invasion uh, storylines has have happened. Uh, Austin uh, made the turn at uh, the Invasion pay-per-view. Rock has come back, but there has been uh, some collateral damage within the WWF. 
players have switched teams. A lot, a lot of uh, deep uh, defections to the alliance, and even issues within the WWF between Jericho and Rock. Jericho has won the WCW title, but Rock got it back. But everything is so unstable. This is the pay-per-view where the all-in card has been played. This is Season 15, Episode 1 on Pecock <laughs> of Survivor Series 2001. Taking place in the year of our Lord. Uh, and this is at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Woo! Before a fan of only 10,000. <laughs> is that true? It was only 10,000 people? Apparently there? it was only 10,000 people there. There were... A lot of uh, difficulties uh, trying to fill the seats, so I guess the camera angles were really creative. What the fuck happened? That's crazy. I, 2001? I mean, this is still sort of the Attitude Era. Yeah. I mean, the company was on fire, and then it's a big four pay-per-view. I, I had no idea. I didn't notice watching the show that they were shooting around anything, and I didn't. I guess I didn't read it on Wikipedia or anything. That's insane. Yeah, no Hogan. I wonder if it no was a weather Goldberg. thing. You think it was to do with weather, with it being in November in, in uh, North Carolina? Oh, it could be. Yeah. Possibly. It could be. That's crazy. I've never... No, well, I mean, yeah, Hogan's not there, but they were selling out every show with just Austin. Yeah, that's true. Six, and six you had The Rock on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge... That's... I can't believe that. That's insane. Yeah. It says Did Meltzer come up with that number? There's It says uh, seating capacity <laughs> is about 22,000. That's probably with ex expansions. I, I would say... Logistically, 16,000, that's a good number. But if you get down to 10,000, shit. Ouch. That's crazy. I got to do more research into this. I wish I would have found that out because I could have, you know, I would have had some information on it. They should have papered um, this thing. Unfortunately, we already recorded the last episode of Invasion Month, so <laughs> I won't update this during this month. <laughs> Fuck it. But, but thanks for summarizing it somewhat, Adam, because um, DJ responded, out, or he tweeted me after the first episode and he said, you know, good episode, but he said it was slightly vague. And I was like, yeah, I kind of was planning to wrap it all up you know, kind of do a bit more of a summary before we get into Survivor Series. Um, but I forgot to do that. So, good job. <laughs> it's a drunk thing to do. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's working on those chicken wings. All right, let's get into the matches. <laughs> so, our video package is like, it's just indicating that it's all centered around the one and only Survivor Series match that will be coming up. Uh, yeah, it's just winner take all. That's the tagline of the entire uh, pay-per-view. And it does seem like it that way with so many unification matches and methods of sur trying to survive even though one company won't. That's uh, the general theme that uh, takes place throughout the night. Should I get into like the... Maybe I'll get into it before that match because I have a lot to say about that whole concept of it. I mean, that takes up the entire uh, last third of the show. So, I mean, it, it'll come yeah, up again. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into the whole concept it. of it when we get to that match. No and worries. I'm sure there's a few matches we could speed through to get you to that part. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Carissa just bought, brought me a shot of uh, Bushmills. What a team player. Yep. I know. Chris, everybody. Uh, right. Our opening match is for the WWF European Championship. The champion, Christian, who has defected to the Alliance and has now been using an opera-sounding uh, theme song for about a month or two. 
Uh, that's what he's coming out to with reigning Goldage, and he's taking on uh, tough, tough enough to coach Al Snow. Greetings what to all the- my fans in South Carolina. How great was that? <laughs> <laughs> I love and, it, dude. And you know he didn't get it wrong. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? He knew exactly what fucking state he was in. It was like when the New Age Outlaws would wear rival sports teams' jerseys out to the ring just to get that cheap heat pop. Right, the Rumble 98, Billy Gutner, one of them wore a Green Bay Packers Road Dog um, wore a Packers jersey. Yeah, Road Dog had, wore a Packers jersey. And they had just beat the Niners in the playoffs. So, and I didn't know that. I just was like, did they beat the Raiders or the Niners? I just kind of... I, I figured it out from that jersey because I don't follow football for shit. Right. And when it's the playoffs, it hurts that much more. So that was right. perfect timing for that shit to go down. So yeah. this was the same kind of thing. You know, yep. you say South Carolina, obviously, or North Carolina. Dick move. Great heel work by Christian. Absolutely. There was also uh, Kurt Angle wore a Penguins jersey in Detroit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, this was at TNA. But that was when the Penguins knocked off the the Red Wings to win the cup. And it's then, easy, right? And then uh, what was it? It is that uh, once SmackDown we went to in Oakland, Baron Corbin won a Kansas City uh, Chiefs jersey. <laughs> okay, what's dickier though to wear a jersey? So like Pittsburgh, Kurt Angle wore a Pittsburgh jersey, yeah. which would make sense because he's from Pittsburgh. Is it dickier to wear? the team that is probably your favorite team or to wear just some other completely random team. A random team is that way worse, team. dude. That's way dickier, yeah. right? Yeah, because you hate yeah. bandwagon jumpers. If you're a true fan of the team, you hate bandwagon. Right. You shouldn't. Yeah, like Bill- you shouldn't be a gatekeeper about it. But as a true fan, normally you hate the bandwagon jumpers. So anybody coming down wearing a Johnny-come-lately shirt and they just beat totally. your team, oh yeah, huge dick move. You hate them way more. Right, right. You know Billy Gunn bought that jersey that it's week. It's like you're not investing pulled out of his closet. You're, you're just out there to piss yeah. somebody off. Yeah, he went to totally. Champ Sporting Goods and bought that shit right before the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Snow was doing like, he, wasn't he teasing a heel turn previous to this, or he was a heel? I don't know shit about. It. I, I think Snow, no. I think I think he had recently been a heel, but I think they turned him babyface because he was on Tough Enough. I just know if he was and in the could, shape then could, that he is now, he'd probably have a higher spot on the card. Oh, was he out of shape? I don't really notice. Well, he, he didn't look I mean, great, but like you look at him now and he's almost 60. You're like, holy shit. He does look good. Yeah. Oh, that's he looks true. great, dude. He's like fucking carrot top. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to start the match off, Snow is outworking Christian. He's just like, it's your baby face. You know, the baby face is outworking the heel. And then Christian shoots him by his dick into the turnbuckle to take over the match. And then Christian starts, which says Christina in my notes. Uh, thank you, autocorrect. Um, <laughs> Auto incorrect. Christian, um, yeah, um, Christian's fighting dirty, dude. He's just being a dick. He's fucking. He's punching him while he's on his back. He's choking him. He and I was like, he was such a good heel. He was great. Yeah. Um, Snow makes a comeback with the headbutts to the chest, which I always thought was a stupid ass move. I um, never liked that. I think it was just because he had a head that he had to do something with his head. Yes, exactly. It was a stupid move. A headbutt to a, a series of headbutts to the chest. It was weird to see something trying to be more effective than gimmicky, even though he's now, he, he's a coach now. He's not bizarre anymore. So felt out right, of place. Right, right. Well, also, this a match was entirely thrown together right before the show went to air. Oh, would they do that on Heat? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, this match came to fruition because of something that happened on Heat. So this wasn't even okay. supposed to be on the main guard. I, I watched this pay-per-view twice, and I didn't even catch them saying that. It's okay. That's why Adam and I are here. <laughs> We got you. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you watch it on your iPad in downtown Oakland. There are a lot of distractions up there. <laughs> True. Like I can square only pie guys. Imagine. 
Um, Christian hits an inverted DDT, and JR called it the Unprettier. Ugh, I hate when they do that. Yeah, and then Christian rolls over after a crossbody, and I thought that was going to be it. I thought he lost right then, or I thought he won right then. I mean, um, killer uh, near fall. Then Snow hits a uh, snowplow right next to the rope, but Christian gets the rope. And um, they end up outside. Christian kicks Snow as he's getting back in, and he hits the unprettier for the win, and then JR corrects himself and says that's the unprettier. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, they always do that shit with those moves back in the day. They call it mm-hmm. wrong. Like they, I think I mentioned it on the last, the invasion one. They'd call that reverse neck breaker, the hanging one that the Dudleys always did. They'd call that a 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shit pissed me off. It's like, come on, know your moves. You have one right. job. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck that up. JR might have been drinking. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's possible. I mean, he, he had a 50% chance of losing his job. I mean, might as well. <laughs> that, that happened to him a lot back in the day. That, that and he had to sit next to Heyman for three hours. By the way, uh, Jr. and Paul Heyman are your commenta- commentators for the show. Uh, next match. Oh, oh, oh! We got a backstage segment. So we've got Steph backstage. She's like the billion-dollar dominatrix. Practically, the way she's dressed, she's in like a whole leather bodysuit and everything. You know what I mean? She looks like a fucking dominatrix. I loved it. I loved it too. It was great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and so basically what's happening backstage is the Alliance is talking about they don't trust Stone Cold. And, he shows um, up late with Deborah. He shows up with Deborah, And dude, Austin punks them right the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like he just fucks them up. Like you're like, damn, dude. Like that was stiff. He didn't want to be accused like, of shit. Yeah, don't I know. But I mean, him. it was so... You almost end up feeling bad for Booker T and shit. Like Austin just fucked and RVD. <laughs> like he just he fucking tore them a new asshole. Yeah, he dude. did. It was great. He did. Yeah. Um, then we go to Vince. <laughs> he's talking to Linda, and I I have no idea what he said because I immediately start laughing about how six months before this she was catatonic like Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I just uh, it, how insane is wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, they did a story where Vince had his wife drugged up. He's practically fucking Trish right in front of her in a ring and all this shit. And then six months later, they're they're good to go. They're, everything's fine. I feel like that's what it would be like now if they ran, if, you know, if they saw each other now. If catatonic like Cameron doesn't make it to our soundbite for next season, <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed at you, dude. <laughs> I'll see what I could do. Thank you. I've already got a lot um, on the list for it. Okay, uh, well, this should should move towards the top. (laughs) Yeah, it was just great. I mean, it was just, it was just, yeah. And it's funny watching all those old clips now and thinking about the situation with the two of them now. Yes. Like she's down in Florida. Yeah. And Vince is doing what Vince does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Parking in other garages. Yeah, he's got a, yeah, he's got a condo. He met a paralegal in the condo and Forking out hella cash. Ruthless aggression. (laughs) Okay. Messed up. You're a regular Fred tonight, dude. (laughs) This also Regal shows up, tries to punk him out. Yeah, Regal shows up and tries to punk him out, and Vince kind of just tells him to fuck himself. Practically. Yeah, and that's kind of it for backstage. The next match is Tajiri... Versus William Regal. Tim White is your referee. 
Eddie's friend, Tim White. Eddie's my friend, buddy. Tim White. Tim White. Yeah. My favorite bartender. <laughs> um, they mentioned that Regal brought Tajiri into WWE. So you have like a nice background to it. Um, you couldn't get two more opposite styles in the ring than these. Totally. These two guys. Yes. Right? I mean, they're both strikers, but Tajiri is a very flashy striker. For, very quick. He's for speed, speed and quantity and stiff. Regal's to for the sake of roughing you up. Yeah, more methodical. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hang on. Do it. Oh, hang on. I'm talking to Carissa. I'm putting everything away. Oh, sorry. Well, I thought Uh-oh. she was bringing you another is she, shot. Is she going to dance? No, she just. I just finished the shot she brought me. Oh. Um, Tajiri stuck Regal right away with a uh, super kick to the face. Quick, and Regal draws re- blood. Okay, was Regal's nose bleeding from that super kick? Because it looked like it hit him on the face. Or was Regal, I don't know, uh, backstage hanging out with Sean? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, I don't really know. It, it, Look, knowing it I'm going to say it's from the super kick. Okay. Benefit of the doubt. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What is this, the 80s? Come on. <laughs> that's yeah it's not even the 90s um <laughs> it was a really good match but it was short it was probably five was it five even five minutes Nah, it was really short dude i think they cut it short because of his bleeding maybe yeah regal goes for a double underhook but he takes a kick and they do a double down which was really cool um regal tries again and he gets blocked again but the third time he hits the power bomb um and wins and yeah Tory kind of a surprising on. finish it was yeah yeah yeah, I kind of expected Tajiri to win this one after the shit Regal was just talking to Vince. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tori comes out to check on Tajiri, and she gets a powerbomb, too. <laughs> well, you know, you get involved. Sometimes that shit happens. Yeah. Just totally unnecessary shit. It wasn't like he did it to it was- Candace, so it's okay, Adam. <laughs> well, he doesn't like blondes. That's why he did it to her. <laughs> right. Jesus. <laughs> but also... Also, uh, regarding Tori, she and Chuck Palumbo are the, as far as I'm aware of, the only two, or at least the only notable two, that have defected to WWF the other way around. Everybody, That's everybody true. jumped uh, to the to the alliance, but only two came to us. Also, you'd think to Jerry having WWF. had been an ECW, um, that he would be a alliance guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think so. Good point. Yeah, but there were a couple of those. There were, you know, he wasn't the only one like that. Good point. But um, yeah. Uh, there's a montage of the Edge versus Test rivalry, and uh, how Mick Foley became commissioner again. Uh, pretty much, uh, Test has uh, interfered with Edge, who has now uh, clearly broken off uh, from Christian, and uh, he's now. One month, month and a half into a singles career, uh, from there, and somehow they both ended up with the Intercontinental and the United States uh, Championship belts. Yeah, and this was a unification match, right? Yes, it yes. would be. Or am I making that up? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah, so they're unifying the U.S. and IC title. Yeah, Edge was um, U.S. T- champ. Test was IC champ. Yeah. Um, before the match gets started, Test is in the back being a dick to the Glam Squad chick, like she's just trying to make his hair running, look good and running shit. He's being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, and then Stacy shows up, and dude, she wants the fucking D. <laughs> right? This chick was DTF. Yeah, very ready. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, 
So they lock up and they're doing the push each other back and forth. And somehow Edge backs Test into the corner. Like Edge is a big dude, but he's no Test. He's not that big. Yeah. No. yeah. Not big like Test. Yeah. Um, this was, I like this match a lot. This was a really good match. Um, it had some really cool spots. Edge gets dropped on the barricade outside and it looks so gentle that it actually would have felt good. <laughs> and, you know, that was it enjoyable. Like do a, that again. <laughs> right, right. It was like getting your back cracked. You know, it was like a chiropractor <laughs> would do, like Stan Stasiak, uh, or not Stan Stasiak, Sean Stasiak. He's a chiropractor now. He would do that, like drop you on a barricade <laughs> like that. He probably would because he's a moron. So he'd probably do some <laughs> facoctic chiropractic work. Which is crazy because as a chiropractor, he's doing more fake shit now than he was back then. Exactly, right. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> that was your joke. I just stole it. Oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a really good strong vi- strong guy versus small quick guy match. Um, Edge gets a lot of offense, but every time he starts to get some momentum, he gets fucking clobbered. Yeah. Um, and you don't think like, great test matches... But this is a good test match. I always thought Test was good. I think he was one of the more underrated guys of the era. Very underrated. Yeah. I think as a character, he just never really. He was a dick, but he. I, but he, he was, never seemed threatening or didn't have like. Now nah, it was bland. A little bit of text. He was. He was bland. Yeah, yeah he, he was bland. Talk shit was because good. he could talk shit, but not because he was pursuing something. I guess. Yeah. As a character, he was adequate. You know what I mean? He didn't stand out. He was good enough to have a job in wrestling, but. That was about it. But as a wrestler who could go have good matches, he could do that when he needed to, or maybe if it was, he was working with the right guy. And this is definitely one of those matches. Absolutely. You're right. Working with the right guy. It was good in the ring. This is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Edge goes for a top rope sunset flip. He gets it blocked. He takes a kick. And then he comes off um, the top and, or I'm sorry, Tess comes off the top and he takes a drop kick from Edge and that's finally when he takes some real damage. And we're a good five minutes into this match. It's the first good hit Edge has really got. He's, Edge has gotten a lot of hits on him, but no no really good ones. Nothing effective yet. And um, yeah, um, he fires up, he hits a few moves and um, he gets caught in a pump handle. He reverses it into an education and then both guys hit the ropes and Edge hits a spear for a two count and I thought that was the end of the match I did too you hit the spirits done right wasn't that cool he did Edge's finisher like you didn't you still don't see that a lot now there have been times when you see it maybe you'll see it five times in one match but it's pretty rare and to have that happen in the third match of the show was like okay well that's it yeah yeah it was like Rock and Austin would always do that where one would use the other's finisher but for Mm -hmm. Tess to do it to Edge in this match that was pretty fucking cool yeah yeah um then Tess hits a pump handle. So now you get into where it's big move, big move, big move. Yep. Two count. Um, he hits a pump handle. And Edge kicks out at two. Edge counters a powerbomb with the head scissors. And he hits a spear for two. And then Tess ends up going for a double chicken wing. That lift thing. You know, uh, what's it called? I guess like a glam slam he was probably going to do. Something. He was going to lift him up in like a glam slam position. I'm sure there's a, there's got to right? be a technique. For that whole, uh, oh, yeah. you're talking about like a full Nelson slam. Test is lifting Edge, right? Oh, well, you're right. I'm sorry. It was a full Nelson slam. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a chicken wing. Yeah, and Edge rolls him up for a three. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you saw all the bit, like you said, big move, big move, big move, two count kick. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it ends on a roll up. It was, whoa, what the fuck? But good yeah, finish. totally. Yeah. And that made me think that this is not over with these two. Yes. But you're like, okay, it seems like it's not over, but one of them's. G- theoretically going to be gone after the show. Right, right. So you so, could write off the feud right there. 
Yeah, so you don't really know what's going to happen. So it kind of left that. I like that. It sort of left it open-ended. Yeah, both guys came out looking strong. It's not like Edge lost to, or Tess lost to a spear. Edge you know, so it wasn't like an exclamation point on the feud. Maybe Edge was a right, right. He outworked yeah. him and ended yes. up being the smarter wrestler. Maybe not necessarily he, he the got toughest a, one, but... You're right, Adam. Definitely yes. more effective. Right. He kind of got a lucky pin. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, he's... He's uh, coming out to Rob Zombie's Dracula. Love Thank that song. Thank you for song. pointing that out. Good point. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Good point. I forgot he came out to that song. I did too. Yes. Good point, Adam. Yeah. yeah, I had forgotten all about that version of the song, and I love it. I think I remember, like, on the Forcible Entry CD, uh, like, they had that particular edited version. It sounded so awesome. Forcible Entry, what is that, about $3 million? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, hey, I, I, I did the alley and Scott did the oop. The oop? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steph and uh, Kurt are backstage because uh, they tend to do that. Uh, if Because we need more of the billion dollar dominatrix on our TV. Thank yeah. you. There you go. Because uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon knows how to produce a TV show. Great heel promo by Steph, by the way. Becoming a regular mm-hmm. person. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, she's she's going to be a regular person and has to do her own groceries. This if, bitch. If she only knew about Instacart, that would be coming in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here in a few years. Don't worry. Hey, in her defense, cleaning a toilet does suck. It does suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good point. Uh, let's see, Lita and Jeff uh, are then, uh, or they cut to them, uh, they're backstage saying Matt's been strange. And then... <laughs> do you think Matt was, do you think he was being strange because he was fucking Edge's wife? Matt's strange because he's getting strange. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Strange comes out the door, <laughs> says they gotta be strange so that they could keep their WWF dreams alive. And then Trish comes out of the room following Mr. Strange. <laughs> So, yeah, nothing. Going. I had totally forgotten about that whole angle. Nothing going yeah, on she, there. She, <laughs> yeah, well, Vince had already paid her to take a hike. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> He's back with Linda. Hit the bricks. Which I don't think that shit's happening this time around. <laughs> you know what's going to be the funniest part about this whole situation with Vince? Is when Linda shows up at fucking Mar-a-Lago with Buff Bagwell. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be hilarious when she does some shit like that? Of all names you could have chosen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually, I don't think she... You know what? That probably wouldn't happen, though, because she would try to do that, and Trump would be like, bros before hoes, bitch. (laughs) 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 Only Vince gets in this place. Uh, (laughs) Cool. I'm not even touching that one, dude. (laughs) That one would die on the vine. I ain't touching that. (laughs) You know I'm right. (laughs) The next, <laughs> wow. uh, the next match is a steel cage tag team unification match between the Dudley Boys, who are the WCW Tag Team Champions, accompanied by Stacy Keebler, who followed them around for five minutes. I forgot that she did, but yeah, she did. So before we get into the match, I would like oh. to talk about Stacy Keebler taking on and the Hardy some, Boys, um, they're the WWF Tag Champs. Okay. I'd like to talk about Stacey Keebler and do some math. First of all, I want to point out she's wearing the tiniest uh, 
like uh, black and white camo miniskirt. Complaint or observation? Co- um, yes. Coincidentally, Tori was wearing that skirt on the poster for the uh, pay-per-view. I see. Okay. Now I'm going to get into the math. Now, Stacy claimed to have 41-inch legs. JR used to talk about it all the time. He talked about her 41-inch legs. So I looked this up. I was like, where did that come from? Is JR making this up? No. She said in a Maxim interview that she has 41-inch legs. She also said she's 5'11", so she's 71 inches tall. How is this? How does this make any sense? Because that would make her 31 inches from her legs to her head and 41 inches from her ass to her feet. Hmm. Doesn't that just sound completely ridiculous? Weirdly proportioned. Yeah, she's weirdly proportioned or she's measuring weird. So where does she measure her legs from? Is she counting her ass? Like, does her ass count as her legs? It's kind of like, where do you measure your dick from? Like, do you measure it from, you know what I mean? Do you measure the top or the bottom where you can kind of pat it for an inch I or two? I go from the tip of my butthole. That's exactly where I go. Yeah, I start at my butthole. Right. <laughs> All the way to the head. Yeah. I end up with a full six inches. <laughs> Dude, so I started I'm, thinking I'm about this. still. God damn. So, so I started thinking about this. The only reason, the only real way to measure your legs is you have to measure from your taint. Hmm. Right? So she, I'm an inch taller than her. I'm 29 inches foot to taint, which that actually, drunk fact, that makes me about 30 inches ass to mouth. But I don't think, I'm calling bullshit on her 41 inch legs. So what you're saying is we should have Stacy come on the show so we can do an exact measurement. We would need to do an exam, yeah. And you yeah. know what? We'll put it on YouTube. I'm looking at this... I'm looking at this dining room table. It's exactly five foot eleven inches long, so she could lay right on here. I got a tape measure. We'll figure the whole thing out, dude. When she's done, we'll get sushi, place it on her, and have dinner. <laughs> there you go. It's baller. Perfect. That's a perfect night. Yeah, we will have a sake pairing. I wonder if she's available. I don't think she's got anything going on. What's she doing, Adam? See if you can find her agent. Please get sure. on her OnlyFans. Get her. Get on her Only drunks. <laughs> you, you saw it. all right you heard it here first so if you take that uh you're stealing from us um <laughs> they point out that uh you must win by pinfall or both members escape the top of the cage because the cage door will be locked uh yeah first ever Jeff cage match rest- between these guys yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of the very first. It's one of the first tag team cage matches. You didn't see tag team cage matches. No, it did not happen often. I do remember one between it. Was, oh shit! Was it the Head that Shrinkers one? and Steiner? But no, it was Money Inc. and the Steiners. WWF wasn't there one had on a, one. Wasn't there one on a super tape too with Hogan and Beefcake against Zeus and Macho Man or something like that? Yes, that also happened. But like yeah. between like big tag teams, it was pretty rare, dude. It was pretty yeah. rare. Those guys weren't headlining the card really mm-hmm. to have a steel cage match but you got one here first time ever i loved at the beginning how they laid the belts down in the middle of the ring cross the that line cool. come on oh let's i go loved it it was like drawn lines in the sand we're gonna do battle i fucking loved it mm-hmm. um jeff was wrestling in a hat Ugh. yes which he was. was unique yeah I'm selling um, that merch so here's why i love this match it started out as a regular tag team match. The Hardys controlled a lot. There's a lot of um, quick tags. Then the Dudleys take over, and there's a lot of quick tags between the Dudleys. They cut the ring off, um, just like it's a regular tag team match. Like, the cage doesn't even come into play for a long time. I, I'm a fan of that. 
because it means that you're not distracting everyone or not distracting but trying to force the gimmick on everyone with all the stupid slow climbs and uh like and and they're not relying on the cage they're not using it as a crutch they're like we can have a match and then use the cage for a little bit of extra Mm -hmm. you know just give it a little bit of flavor and they're actually tagging which is weird because you would think in this environment it would be texas tornado rules yeah but no that's it's a tag team match just inside of a cage right right yeah um so the hardys hit a poetry emotion they both try to climb out that's the first use of the cage and we're probably close to five minutes into the match and they do it um, uh, go, trying to go uh, opposite sides yeah yeah they go opposite mm-hmm. sides um devon catches matt and does a, a side russian leg sweep to him bubba does a bubba bomb to jeff and crushes and his own testicles i was wondering i was hoping i was hoping nobody landed on bubba's balls this time around <laughs> <laughs> that guy put his balls in the fucking line of fire so many times yeah, oh my god. Yeah, I never thought about it till that time we watched that other match. I was like, that was a pretty dangerous move. But every time you put a female through a table, be it Mae Young, Fabulous Moolah, Trish. Stacy, Trish, yeah, like they were right in his lap, and you're like, oh, dude, there's no way that didn't crush. Right, right, yeah. Um, Bubba takes a flare toss off the top rope, and I didn't realize it till right now. I think this is the old ring. I think this is before they changed the ring, and the ring had almost no give to it. Oh, because that ring, because Bubba's big ass, you would think that ring would rock like a fucking trampoline. Right. But it it didn't. That ring did not seem to have much bounce in it. So I think this is the old ring. And it's amazing when you look at that. It was almost a boxing ring, the way it, you know, flexed or didn't flex. It's amazing these guys weren't hurt more often than they were. Or even like all six of them are still walking around. You yeah. Know? Like no, none of these guys are in fucking wheelchairs with all the crazy shit they did in that ring. Well, Matt's not walking great. Well, that's true. Matt walks funny. Well, Jeff walks funny too, but I don't think it's from injuries. Okay. It's more of a okay, sideways, okay. more of a sideways motion. Jeff walks funny the way I'm going to walk funny after this episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, we got um, it. <laughs> Adam cutting us off. Um, <laughs> He's our joke rub, spotter. We don't want to rub salt in the woods. We love Jeff. We just were. Nah, we wouldn't want to do that on this show. Riff on people? No. On drunk <laughs> wrestling history? Come on. Yeah, yeah. We only did a whole episode on Marty Gino- Marty Gennetti's cocaine addiction. <laughs> Marty the party. <laughs> Maybe that's who um, Regal was with. The, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Carolina's not far from Georgia. He mm. could have come up. Mm. Makes you think. <laughs> um, the Dudleys do a double flapjack to Matt into the cage. Um, but he tries, he catches it and tries to climb out. He ends up on Bubba's shoulder and he gets a doomsday device, which was fucking cool. That was cool. Yeah, that was super cool. Love the Dudleys um, throwing love to the Road Warriors. Yeah, right. That was awesome. Um, and then they both hit Matt against the cage with an avalanche and Matt's fucked. Yep. And then now there is no tagging. Like you said, you mentioned earlier, they were tagging. The tagging is over. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to throw Jimmy that right the yeah, and it's like it's not they're not being reprimanded for this. It's just like then why did you tag in the first place, like you said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just the go. was just rolling with their organization. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, cool. You guys want to obey the rules. We'll do this. <laughs> yeah. Um then I noticed Matt's mouth is bleeding, and I hope it's busted open, but I would not be surprised, and I didn't look this up. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he was spitting up blood from those avalanches. They were so hard. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've never heard that. I don't know. This is just me thinking, you know, thinking I hope not. 
Hmm. Um, so then Stacy gets a table and she pretends to make out with Nick Patrick, picks his pocket, and then he just turns and walks away like it's over with. He walked away like he finished. <laughs> Maybe he you know did. I mean, did, like I mean a, he's making he out like a forty-one. Maybe he did. Maybe you're right. Shame. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like he, he just, just like, turned like, around and started pondering about his life. It wasn't even like for the sake of let me turn away so I could intentionally not see the bad stuff you're about to do. <laughs> yeah, it was like ten seconds with Stacy. He was done, and he walked away from it. He's like, I hope my wife didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I've had this problem at times too. But it was just bizarre. He was like, turned his back to her, and then she unlocks the cage and, t- and uh, puts the fucking table inside. He was probably one-inch legs, dude. He was probably so upset that he didn't have that referee cam to cherish the moment. He has to, has to <laughs> yeah. live with it in his head without visualizing it. <laughs> yeah, the, the POV cam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, uh, make- she sends a table through the, through the door. Mm-hmm. And they go for a 3D on Jeff, but Matt blocks it. Um, Matt climbs the cage, but Bubba goes after him. And then Matt fights him off. And then he climbs out of the cage and leaves Jeff inside the fucking cage. Brilliant. Brilliant, right? Wow. And Yeah. And pract- Paul Heyman is practically wetting himself, even though WWF has like, all right, you got one out. You have one more to go. But your one more to go is now double teamed. Yep. Exactly. And as soon as he did it, you're like, oh, fuck, that was dumb. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember. I remember that happening. I didn't remember it was this match. And in my memory, it was Jeff that climbed out. I forgot that it was Matt that climbed out. So when it happened, it was kind of cool because I was like, oh, this is not how I remember. And I couldn't remember who won the match. Like, this was not how I remembered it turning out at all. Um, but, yeah, what a dipshit. Dude. <laughs> Matt being strange. He basically left him to the wolves. Yeah. And then... They, then the Hardys get even stupider. Now you realize they're both morons because Jeff ends up be, somehow beating both guys down. Devon's on the table. Jeff climbs the cage and can clearly get out. But he says, you know what? I think I'd like to do a swanton for no reason. <laughs> then he fucking misses. And and I'm like, what? A, this is... I don't know who booked this match, but the Hardys came out looking like morons. Yes. And of, co- of course, they lost after that failed swanton. And... Bubba Why didn't Matt the, the cage gets the pinfall over him on the so, table? So the cage, the cage door is unlocked. Why didn't Matt just get back in? It makes you wonder, right? Could no. he not get back in? Was that against the rules? No, uh, because uh, they relocked it. Okay, why didn't he climb back in? He was trying to, but he couldn't. He started way too late. Oh, I mean, why wouldn't you immediately climb back in as soon as your feet touch the floor? Yeah, he's out there rooting for Jeff. Like this will help. I'm sending <laughs> yeah. thoughts and prayers. This will do Go Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it was stupid. It was it was a great match. I love the match. I love, like I said, how it starts out as a regular tag team match and it slowly starts to incorporate the cage. Um, they did a great job. Whoever came up with the finish, I thought, fucked up. Oh, right. So if you're ever going to have the argument, were the Dudleys better than the Hardys? And the other person says it's the Hardys? Just bring up this match as to why that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just this match. Yeah. It's perfect. Perfect argument. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea who, but maybe Shane booked it. <laughs> but didn't Matt Hardy turn heel like right after this? So maybe this was kind of leaning into that heel turn? This was leaning or like they'd be a bit unstable heel. for a while and then he would be become uh, version one. Okay. Okay. This would have been good heel turn material 
Like you abandon your brother in the ring to get beat down by the Dudley boys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they did this in North Carolina. In their backyard. Exactly. Hometown yeah. never wins, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, yeah, the hometown never wins except Trish Stratus. Right. Um, but the hometown doesn't usually look like an idiot. <laughs> hometown put up a fight at least. Yeah. Great match, though. You're absolutely right, Eddie. You called it. Great match Loved except it. for the finish. Yeah. And the finish wasn't bad. It was original. It just was stupid. It was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll, that's it for that we'll match. we go backstage. Scotty Too Hotty is... Scotty Too Hotty uh, has a backstage segment. <laughs> uh, People are like, oh, he still works here. Yeah. But, I mean, he's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I love He him. was there for probably another four or five years after that. Scotty Too Hotty was there a long time, dude. He had a he had strong a long... WWF run. Yeah, he really did. And he was one of those guys where, you know, like he never was like the top guy he never made you know the biggest paydays or anything like that but always I bet he put did on very, show and and he worked he at was the there at a good time yeah. yeah he was there at a good time i got it i bet he got paid really well yep. you know like yep yeah he had a really good he had like short of being like a superstar you know being a, that high level guy he's like a bob holly type like he had a really good career yeah yeah totally dude i i had forgotten yeah. he was still there at this point and but mm-hmm. he ran <coughs> excuse me he ran up until well, we saw him at WrestleMania 20, and that was 2004, so he was still there, and I think he was tag champs with Rikishi. Yes, they did get it at I some point. So. They also had, yeah. uh, he also had that um, that uh, tag team with Albert. He was called the Hip Hop Hippo. Oh, shit. I don't remember that. Oh, I yeah. didn't need to be reminded of that, Adam, oh. but uh, thank you. <laughs> Just when we oh. thought we had completely blocked it out. I'm sorry. Yeah, is, it, exactly. is it now down to three inches? Or because of that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was there... I'm, I'm looking up right now. He was there till 2007, dude. 97 wow. to 2007. Look, let's take a minute. Applause for Scotty Two Hotties WWF run, man. Highly underrated, but that guy was there forever. Yeah, fantastic guy. Totally. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, Tess asks him if he's in the battle royal. He says yes, and Tess well, kicks his what's ass. What's it to because, you? And then yeah, yeah, kicks his ass right, right yep. then and there. Because, well, because the nerve of this guy being in the battle royal. I know. So, so this this kind of up. predated Edge's uh, New Year's Revolution jumping of Kofi. Kind of the same concept. Was that New Year's? Re- that wasn't New Year's Revolution. I think, it, oh. I think it was just. I think it was no. It was Elimination Chamber. Oh, it's Chamber. Okay. Oh yeah. So, so it's the called Elimination Chamber. New Year's chamber. Revolution is. I mean, you're thinking of when Edge cashed in. That was New Year's Revolution 2005. When they happened to have a chamber match. That was a few. You, right. That was a few years later. Okay. When he did jumped Kofi that in. Uh, I remember that because I remember Carissa watched it with me, so it would have been at least 2008. Okay, gotcha. All right. So this kind of predated Edge's heel move to jump somebody out of a match. Yeah. Only Edge uh, did it with uh, higher stakes. Totally. Uh, The next match is the Immunity Battle Royal. The winner of this match is guaranteed a job and cannot be fired for one year no matter whether uh, WWF wins or the Alliance wins. Uh, this wrestler will be employed in that winning company. The Alliance, we have Lance Storm, Just Incredible, DDP, Raven, The Morons, Sean Stasiak, Steven Richards, <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, Billy Kidman, Hurricane, and Test, who makes his surprise entry. WWF, Acolytes, Crash, uh, Funaki, Spike, Billy Gunn, Chuck Palumbo, both in red trunks, 
ironically, I think this is how they met. They're like back. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Let's see. Uh, Perry Saturn and uh, the guy whose name that will uh, shrink Eddie's dick uh, another inch, Albert. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Alliance got way better music. <laughs> right? They had Drowning Pool and uh, uh, the. Or not the Alliance. I mean, WWE got that. Wait, who got that? Now I forgot. Well, you got a 50 50 <laughs> chance of getting it right, so. Well, forget, forget I mentioned it. <laughs> um, my next note is Crash Holly, exclamation point. This yes. is the first time we've seen Crash. Yeah. You know, in any, not the first time we've seen in him. In a long time. time. Seen him. Well, the first time we've watched a show that Crash was on. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. And like, you know, I was always a huge Crash fan because we knew him from APW when he was the Leprechaun. You knew him better than I did. I did. I, I did. I interviewed. I did his last interview before he left. For oh, a school project. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, do you remember that night? And this is totally getting off subject. That night when he came back to APW and the lights went out and he was standing up on the balcony. I think so, yeah. And he did that flying body press onto, oh God. I think Vic Grimes. It, yeah, it was Vic Grimes. That was yeah. amazing, dude. Like it was a, you're talking like a warehouse, but the pop that came out of that crowd was so good. Yeah, it was awesome. Crash Holly was fucking badass. He really was. He was yeah. 500 pounds. <laughs> he was yes. a super heavyweight. <laughs> he carried around a scale to prove it. <laughs> um, so the idiot stays, yeah, because immediately out. <laughs> and um, you mentioned Taz, but Taz came in after the bell. And Heyman He doesn't pissed. shut the like, fuck up about him. He is. Oh, Heyman is like he, Heenan at the 92 Rumble when Flair comes <laughs> in at number three. Yeah. Like he is on fire. But he's pissed. Um, like Taz is mad at Paul. Paul's mad at Taz. I can only mm -hmm. imagine it was because Paul owed Taz hella money still. <laughs> I don't know what Probably. else this could be about. If JR doesn't want to fucking hear it. Yeah. <laughs> He's done with it. He's like, then go in there and toss him then, motherfucker. <laughs> you get in there. Yeah. Um, Hurricane wrestles with his cape on. <laughs> and it, get, it turns sideways at one point, which is a bad design for a wrestler's cape. Right. Um, and then Albert gorilla presses Saturn and tosses him, and I completely forgot that Saturn was still there. Uh, was this maybe before Moppy? After Moppy? After. I feel like it was after Moppy. No, oh, he didn't have much longer then. No. Mm -mm. No, not much longer at all. Um, Palumbo goes out backwards and he kicks DDP, um, who was on the outside, like hard. Like he didn't, he went out and didn't know DDP was still there. Oh, fuck. Because he'd been tossed right before him and didn't get out of the way. Um, then you have Hugh Morris and Chavo, I guess, do a run-in. I guess you would call it a run-in. Oh, yeah, they did, huh? Yeah, I, yeah. I put, I put uh, Humorous and Chavo. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, and they were pretty quickly that, tossed. That a few episodes ago. Humorous? Yes. Humorous. Humorous, yeah. All one word. Yeah, like that, yeah, like that bone in your leg or foot or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, it didn't amount yeah. to much, though. It was just, right. hey, Yeah, they, they just kind of came in and got and tossed. Then, it was... They weren't yep. even a factor. Right. Yeah, they got tossed. Yeah. Um, what was Stevie Richards' gimmick? Because this is after... After um, RTC. Uh, RTC. So, because he's like in black pants and a black t-shirt. So, he eventually became uh, homies with Victoria. So, this is, oh, this is in this between. This is yeah. like... In between, like okay. He's like he's cleaned up... Try I think he was a like a partner or valet to Ivory... Uh, who so they both defected to Alliance 
and I think that's okay. what okay. he was doing. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just wondering because it, it just looked weird. I forgot. Uh, I mean, this was a while before he was with Ivory, but yeah, I guess this would be the transition period. Yeah. Um, Taz goes over and starts talking shit to Heyman, and then he gets tossed as a result. Um, then he goes after him, and Heyman hides behind JR, and JR calls him an old broad. <laughs> and I was like, I it just, the I don't know, dude, just like to call someone an old broad, I was like, dude, he really wanted to use a different word. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, that yep. was just like, it sounded, I, when I heard him say that, I could like, I could hear my grandpa in my, in my head, you know what I mean? Like, they would like the shit my grandpa would call people. I was like, that's JR. JR's being my grandpa right now. <laughs> Saying words that I would never say. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bradshaw tosses Kidman with a fallaway slam, which is pretty cool. Um, but then he kind of falls over a couple times awkwardly. And I was wondering if he was drunk. Like he was hanging out with Farouk in the back. Oh, maybe. I mean, I don't. I doubt it. I think maybe he was just being. Maybe he got hit in the head and was a little loopy. I don't know. It just looked kind of funny, and that's where my head goes straight to when someone looks a little funny. Well, APA was known to drink, so yeah, while yeah. at the office, maybe he was just. Yeah. yeah, maybe he was just staying. He was staying in character. Yeah, maybe. So to get to the final four, you got Tess, Bradshaw, Lance Storm, and Billy Gunn. Um, Storm's on the apron. Bradshaw's trying to toss him, and Tess tosses both of them. Billy Gunn goes after Tess. He hits the ropes, but he takes a boot, like a fucking gnarly boot to the face, and flies right over the top rope. Yep. And Tess has immunity. Tess is your winner. Yep. And all it took was beating up Scotty Too Hotty. Well, right. If he hadn't taken out Scotty Too Hotty, this could have had vastly different results. Yeah. We would have been uh, Billy Gunn. Would have been the Isn't one. that funny? That's who we beat up before the match. <laughs> Yeah. Like, of all the people he could have taken out early, he takes out that guy. Yeah, he didn't go for Crash Holly, because that's how badass Crash Holly was. You don't want right, to mess right. with somebody who's approximately 500 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> you don't fuck with the super heavyweights. <laughs> and as revenge, Albert teams up with him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we've got a backstage segment. Uh, Booker T's telling Shane that he does not trust Austin. And it's like, and I don't either. Needs to calm him down because there is. Oh yeah. Also, uh, Vince has planted the idea that uh, Austin is for sure coming back. So that's why uh, there's all this instability of the thought within the alliance. Even though maybe Team Alliance seems uh, more of a unit than uh, Team WWF because of the issues between Rock and Jericho. But but right, that's, right. that's what's causing the instability. Well, and Vince had promised that somebody was switching teams that night. Somebody was going to go from the Alliance to the WWE. Mm-hmm. So they all thought it was Austin. But that, that will be answered soon. But in the meantime, we have a six-pack challenge for the vacant WWF Women's Championship, one pinfall to victory. Trish Stratus, Jacqueline, Lita, Ivory, Mighty Molly, and a wrestler that is making her debut as and acquired from uh, by William Regal's signing, Jazz. Who's yelling? Sorry, that was my kid. Embarrassing. I know. Um, the COVID cave is not this, soundproof. I apologize. 
<laughs> yeah, we got. I'll come over and help you soundproof it. Thank you. Um, so seeing who's in this match, it's kind of this is sort of when the women's division starts to get really good. You know, kind of right around this time. Yeah. Because Trish is Trish is starting to get pretty good. She's got a long way to go. You know, she's not great yet. Yeah, she's, she's not like oh seven Trish yet. Right, and she gets pretty good in about a year and a half or so. Totally. You know, by nineteen. Yeah. By nineteen, she's really good. Yeah, these are wrestlers but, that. I mean, yeah, they could definitely pose for the glamour, but they're ready to wrestle. Right. Well, yep. Trish is the only one who didn't yeah. come in as a wrestler because Jacqueline had wrestled for years. Lita wrestled for a long I, time before Ivory's this. a former Ivory champion. Ivory wrestled in... Yeah, Ivory wrestled in fucking glow. So she'd been wrestling for close to 15 years, 13 years or something at this point. Yeah. Um, Molly was a wrestler. So Starla. was Jazz. So yeah. Trish is definitely like kind of the odd man out. But... You have a pretty decent um, women's division at this point. Yeah, this is strong right here. Yeah, and it's like it's um, around this time I was like starting to feel like kind of hopeful, you know, like okay, they got a bunch of them that can actually get in there and work, and they're only going to get one or two matches a week on Raw at most. Yeah, so they definitely have they have a big of an uh, a big of enough roster to support that. So yeah, this was it was a good sign a sign of things to come. Totally, it was. Yeah. Um, Jackie's running the match. She fucks up everyone who tags in, which is exactly how the match should have started out. Because because you don't know, you know, they don't mention that Ivory been wrestling since the 80s. Right. So Jackie is definitely positioned as the veteran. Um, Does But Ivory was finally the one who sort of got some offense in on her. And then she tra- uh, tags Trish. Who gets, she gets triple teamed on by the Alliance chicks. And then the match breaks down completely. And uh, the referee doesn't seem to mind. He's like, fuck it. I'm done. Um, yeah. Whatever. You guys do do your thing. <laughs> you do you. Lita does poetry in motion with Jacqueline. But then uh, on the second one, Jacqueline turns on Lita. I mean, that was great. I don't think it was not necessarily a heel turn. It's just, hey, I want to be a champion. Every do- woman for herself. Let's do this. And she clotheslined the fucking shit out of her. Yeah. Turned her inside out, dude. That was badass. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Um. Once they all got in the ring, it just stayed that way. Yeah. They completely buried the ref. Like, the ref just completely loses control of the match. Yeah. Kind of like the Hardys pretending. match. Like, once it went out the window, it was out the window. That was it. Right. Or just every AEW match. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, eventually, it ends up outside, and um, except Trish and Ivory. Everyone's outside except the two of them. Trish goes for a stratisfaction, but she seems to forget that Ivory was going to reverse it. So, we get, like, a sloppy reversal. Yeah, you heard Ivory this. yell at her. Yeah, right. I think Trish sort of lost her place in the match. She did. Yeah. Um, so we get a sloppy reversal, but then Trish hits it and pins Ivory while Jackie is outside just kind of looking uninterested. Yeah. <laughs> like she could have totally gotten in and broken up the pin, but she's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Fuck that belt. This title might not even exist tomorrow night. What do I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't forget they have women on the roster. Yeah. And um, JR exclaims that Trish came in the back door. Hmm. And Heyman says, I'm sure you wouldn't mind that. Hmm. That those are, those are the alleys <laughs> and they both provided the oop. The dying breaths <laughs> of the attitude era coming in the yeah, back right. door jokes. No, dude, this is 2001. We got like uh, seven more years of this because <laughs> the PG era didn't start till right before 28. Yeah, but then the ruthless right. or twenty twenty four. I'm sorry, twenty four. So it started in two thousand eight. Yeah, but the attitude era was kind of gone. I think by like oh two oh three. 
Right, because you had Ruthless Aggression era. But they still did a lot of the bra panty matches didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's true. They had the pillow yeah. fight at 19. Yeah, and right. Exactly. So uh, I also want to point out, uh, I said that Molly, even though she was le- probably not likely to win this match, I thought this was a break, uh, breaking out of her shell. She's ready to be a star. Just, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, give her some uh, time to hone in. She'll get there. Boy, did she. Same thing with Trish. Uh, broke out of her shell, and she's ready to be a wrestling champion. Drunk fact. Two days later at the taping of SmackDown, which would air on, uh, like, later that week, uh, Thursday or Friday, uh, it would be Trish's first title defense. Uh, it would be a Thanksgiving feast match, including oh, an cool. inflatable pool of gravy taking on Stacy Keebler. God bless us all. Uh, you know what? Um, I love the Thanksgiving episode of SmackDown every year because there's a food fight every damn year. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I could watch someone get a pie in the face all day. Oh, you yes. do like a good cream pie. This is true. I, Exactly right. I'm a big fan of the cream pie. Um, or someone gets hit with a turkey or ends up in gravy, whatever. I think the New Day did a match like that a couple years ago with someone. I can't remember who. Every, th- every Thanksgiving episode I love. It's just so – it's just stupid and childish, but I love I love food fights. I love people getting messy. Because we fucking love the like, game shows of, like, of, of Nickelodeon. Well, yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe I grew up on fucking Double Dare and the Three Stooges. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? And Three's Company. That's that's why I love the Austin Booker T um, supermarket brawl so much. Because Booker gets like a whole gallon of milk poured onto his head. Which which, uh, is going to be covered at some point. I love antiquing, you know, with the fucking uh, powder to the face. (laughs) All of it. Oh, yeah. Also, was it, what, last week Alexa Bliss uh, threw a Double Dare party for her hubby? I didn't know that. Really? Oh, it was all over her social media. Like, she legit threw a double dare party. They had, like, obstacle courses. Uh, I think Miz was there. Uh, a few of the other ones. Is she even old enough to have watched Double Dare? There's no way. Like, she would have been, like, a tot. Yeah, dude, there's no way. She did it. Double Dare was late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, I feel like I was, like, 12 or 13 when it she ended. She did it. I don't know. But they also, well, they also you know, had, have a resurgence, though. They had uh, Figure It Out, and uh, they came back in 2000. Yeah. And then it was consistently airing on the Nick Gas channel, Games and Sports. Adam knows all about Double Dare. I guess Well, so. Adam is the, is, drunk fact, Adam is the one person I know who has done the Double Dare obstacle course. you the yes. man, Adam. Th- thank yep. you, Sketchfest. And Wipeout, yep. too. And Wipeout. And Check Wipeout. that shit You're out champion. on... Uh, You're an obstacle course champion. On uh, on the social media platforms, wrestling underscore drunk. Look for those videos. <laughs> that is our. Li- I should have put it on the YouTube page. <laughs> I'll put it up. I'll put it on there. that. What I'll put it on there right now on the YouTube. No, I won't because I have to edit this tonight. <laughs> Adam, if so. Supermarket Sweep ever comes back, I'll be your teammate. Got it. It's back, dude. Leslie Jones is doing it. Yeah. Adam, yeah. submit us. Yeah. I'll go on with you, dude. Wait, that or Amazing Race? Because I would love to do Amazing Race. I'm out. Scott Scott doesn't want to go uh, overseas. Okay. No, I'm I'm much better in a supermarket, dude. Okay, but I know my way around that spot. <laughs> Grabbing five turkeys and five big ass wheels of cheese. Yes, the cheese wheels. Bring and, it. 
What else do you need in life? I would just like to point out that <laughs> uh, the dream reality show I would love to be on if they ever bring that show back is The Mole. All right. Well, they need a uh, pharmacy in Supermarket Sweep. Like, bring me the Oxys. That's totally <laughs> right. sell them on the secondary market. Yeah, the Ambience. That's how they put. <laughs> I'm gonna make all my money on that show. A, Fuck the cheese wheels. They just Give put me the a flower shop in the in this current one. They need to have a fucking Starbucks and a pharmacy in there. <laughs> yes. And like yes. And like during their supermarket run, you need someone yelling, "Come on, I need my prescription." <laughs> no, so, you want to get you want to you want to get paid off, and you go snatch all the baby formula. <laughs> Good God point. damn. Good point. <laughs> and your grand total was thirty thousand dollars. All right, <laughs> all right, Vince, all right. Let's get back uh, to the gives show. the final pep, <laughs> final pep talk to Team WWF, uh, showing uh, Big Show, Kane, Undertaker, Chris Jericho, and Sir Hopsalot, <coughs> The Rock. Um. Yeah. So he mentions he like name drops people. He names that. Uh, name drops Peter Marvia, um, I think Gorilla Monsoon, all these people, and he mentions Jerry, Doctor Jerry Graham, which was kind of a weird one, right? As far as like legends go, do you know why he mentioned Doctor Jerry Graham? I have no idea. No. Because Doctor Jerry Graham was Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler. Really? Yeah, that was his favorite huh. wrestler. Huh. Well, you know, Vince is from that era. You know, he would have seen Jerry Graham wrestle um, in person at the Garden. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I would have figured it would have been like Bruno, Backlund. Nope. Guys that make his dad hella money. No? Well, Jerry, um, yeah, I mean, I think Jerry Graham made his dad a lot of money, but not that kind of money, but, you know. Yeah, not Bruno money. There's no way. Well, no. Jerry Graham, I think, also is the guy, I think it's Jerry Graham, who stole his mom's body after she died. Oh. Damn. Yeah. I, yeah, I have a whole epi- uh, episode idea for crazy shit like that that wrestlers have done, and that's definitely going to be part of it. I think it was him. I might be mixing up with someone else. Stole the somebody, body. Yeah, it was like a big boss man situation, but he stole his <laughs> own mom's dead body. I think it was Jerry Graham. Yeah, I think he went he went completely fucking insane when his mom died, and he went and stole her body from like the hospital or the morgue. I wonder what you do with it. I don't, I don't know. It was like a Casey Kasem type thing. Remember when he was missing, like when Casey Kasem died? And it was like nobody knew what happened to his body, and then it turned up in like Norway. Like his wife, like the fuck? smuggled his body to Norway, and the kids were trying to find it. Oh shit! I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, it was a whole thing. It was like a whole fiasco for like weeks. We didn't know where Casey Kasem's body was. Oh shit! No, I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And now every Sunday when I get in the car, the eighty station is on my, you know, it's my P one on my radio. So before my Bluetooth syncs, I'm listening to the radio. And they replay the Casey Kasem top 40 countdown. So I hear his voice pretty much every Sunday when I get in the car. And every time I think about how weird it was when his body was missing. His body was missing. Oh, shit, dude. That's fucking morbid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad the show went in that direction. (laughs) It's fun. What, this show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Body's missing. Par for the course for this show. I guess so. Yeah. We're educating the fans. Uh, Pretty much Vince brings those names up because he's, he's saying... I'm confident that you're going to win, but I also do have to re- uh, respect the possible reality that I could be looking at a bunch of losers. And <laughs> as these losers, or as these potential losers, you would be disgracing the names of these wrestlers that uh, were named. 
Yeah, exactly. Pretty much tells him, Hmm. no, go out there and do it. Whatever, however long this is, I think this is about like a five-minute Braveheart speech, practically. (laughs) The Rock is hopping the entire time. Uh, As soon as uh, Vince says, go out there and do it, Rock uh, bolts out of there and forgets his belt. (laughs) Fuck that belt. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. (laughs) It was just the WCW title. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, who cares? Who gives a shit? After tonight, that shit ain't gonna matter. Yeah, it's a second tier title. (laughs) Right. And... Um... Alright. Go ahead. This is the lead up to the main event. One match for it all. Three companies on the line. One team... Between two teams, one team survives, the other one dies. The lone five-on-five Survivor Series tag team elimination match, Alliance versus WWF. Shane McMahon, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, he's the hardcore champion. Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin, the WWF champion. Taking on Kane, Undertaker, Big Show, Chris Jericho, and WCW champion, The Rock. So one WCW guy and one ECW guy. Got it. Got, Got it. Winner take right. all. Federation versus Federation versus Federation with two outlier names. Got it. Got it. So before we get into the actual match, I have three things I want to get to. Six um, all- number one, Adam. Um, how many wings are you, have you eaten? I think I am down to three. So you've eaten 18 wings in the last hour and 14 Something minutes. Like that, yeah. Very good. I can, <laughs> this is your episode 100, right? This is your Century Club. <laughs> oh, my I, God. I, I, Why didn't we think of that for that episode? <laughs> for Adam to just eat wings. 100 wings. Damn it. <laughs> well, you know what? Now you're just going to have to do 200 for episode 200. Fucking oh, dang. my God. I bet, you know, we could just do, instead, we could do 200 wings for the three of us. We could. Uh, depends on how long the show is, dude. I mean, you got to think, well, that's, you're talking, what, 60, what, 60, 68, 67? Yeah, so we'll have to figure out some other shit to drag our asses about, like we did on, on episode we'll 100. We'll find a way. Dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the other one was... um. The video package was as cool, but not as cool as the one at Invasion. It, it wasn't the war. I did war. love that they used. Um, I love that they used Three Stooges sound effects when they were showing the chair shots. <laughs> um, and the third thing is, this is what I alluded to earlier about the ridiculosity of wrestling, um, and which is part of why I love it. Um, so the fate of these two companies all comes down to this one five-on-five elimination match. That's completely <laughs> fucking nuts. Like Vince McMahon and Shane and Stephanie are going to be like, I'm going to gamble my entire fortune. <laughs> the I'm going to what is worse, laying a company on, on, these the, five guys. on the line or custody of a kid. <laughs> oh, this is oh, way this more is way more insane. Yeah. This is way more insane because you're talking about billions of dollars. And you're this affecting would be like a, so many other people. Right. Yeah, it's just like such an absurd concept that someone would put their entire company and all their employees on the line. This would be like if Elon Musk had to win a wrestling match to get out of his Twitter deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if Ted Turner had to beat somebody in a match to do the AOL uh, Time Warner merger. It makes no sense. 
but it's fucking great. But it makes sense in wrestling. You don't even question it. it you don't even question it. It's go, it's all going to either this entire huge corporate phenomenon is going to happen or it's not. And it's all based on a three count pinning someone's shoulder to the mat for three seconds. That's what it all hinges on. Yeah. Right. The, the course of an entire industry depends on that. <laughs> I bet you'd be, you'd actually, I love it. You'd be surprised how many companies have probably done something like an agreement has been made because of something absurd like this. I mean, statistically it's had to have happened. Like, I mean, probably. Yeah. But nothing on this like, level. Hey, you race my tractor around here. Fastest uh, one becomes CEO of both. Something like well, that's like every that's every Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> yeah, practically. <laughs> like you won't be charged of these crimes if you can beat this guy in a race or whatever. <laughs> no wonder The Rock dropped out of that franchise. <laughs> yeah, well, he moved on to bigger and better things with Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, dude, that movie was awesome. I was fucking shit faced when I saw it. It was on my birthday. That's the most fun I've ever had in a movie theater. <laughs> Even more so than Mitchell Brothers. Okay, Mitchell Brothers was a that's a different type of movie theater. It's a different type of fun. It's a different type of fun. Yeah, I mean that's a movie theater where you get to see Dick going in. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, anyway. Anyways. Austin had some awful entrance music that I don't remember. It's after it's it's not disturbed anymore. And I think they didn't give him back his original music because like the crowd would pop for it. It's some shit song. Hmm. Like trying to intentionally get the crowd to boo him? I guess, or just not give them anything anything to cheer for. Hmm. Um, so to start the match, he and The Rock start out by jumping the bell. Um, Rock hits a Luthez press, which was pretty cool. Um, Shane breaks up a pin by Rock on Booker, so he gets tagged in quickly. Shane dives in and fuck with Shane fast. Oh, dude, yeah. Young Shane? Hella fast. He's the only guy... He's the only guy in the history of wrestling tag matches to get in and out within a five count. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, and this would become a recurring thing through the first 10 Very minutes or recurring. so of the match. Um, spoiler, the match is fucking long. Well, like Adam said, it's like the last third of the show. It is, yeah. Well, I have the time for it. I think it's... Um, I think... My notes got weird. But I think it's 45 minutes, 47 minutes and 55 seconds or something like that. But this is an elimination match. So you've got 10 names to eliminate or technically nine to eliminate. Right. The main, the main events at Survivor Series were always long, but this one was even long for that. Right. Um, so I don't want to go into too much detail for that reason. So I think maybe we just kind of sort of get to the eliminations. Oh, also, uh, something to point out, both both teams are watching backstage. You, you could... You could just feel looking at them that they've done everything that they can. Every, uh, nothing more possible. It is all up to everyone. It all comes down to this, yeah. Even Bradshaw's uh, like taking off his boots and he's like trying to rest backstage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all at peace for um, that. I was just wondering why could. Okay, cool that they're unified and in a locker room. They couldn't find a conference room in there, or <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. And Kane was tag team champion with quite a few of the guys in this match. Yeah. Well, okay. Taker, RVD, Booker was he? No, not Booker. Uh, Kane and Big Show were tag team champions. Show, yeah. Okay. Um, 
Uh, yeah, Kane, RVD, Big Show. Hmm, I that might be it. it. Might be it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and Taker. Yeah, and Taker. Yeah. Um. Okay, who gets eliminated first? Because my notes get kind of stuck. I think it was Big Show. Big Show. Okay. Yeah. So, like, um, pretty much everybody gets gets about a two minute run in uh, in there against against somebody. I think uh, some of their like they were fighting their counterparts. I think Jericho and RVD were the counterparts of being like you're a little maybe RVD was more of the high flyer, but Jericho was capable of it. Jericho was more uh, grounded and stronger, but RVD was capable of it. So they were complimenting each other when they were facing off. Right. I think the right. only yeah. odd one out would be Angle versus Kane, but Angle's like as feisty as uh, Kane is uh, willing to wrestle. So, yeah, everybody got their rounds yeah, in, um, and then Big Show would be the one to make his way in and uh, become the first uh, pinfall. Yeah. So the way he ta- the way he gets pinned is um, he takes a scissor kick from from Booker, who then does a spin of Rooney. He tags RVD. RVD hits the five star frog splash. Then Shane tags in. Uh, for the first time and he hits an elbow off the top and pins show so it's like boom 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 three finishers in a row and JR made sure he mentioned that mentioned what oh mentioned all the finishers yeah he made sure to point out the big show had just taken like three finishers right and I thought this was actually pretty um, smart because you take out the giant first the guy who you expect to take out a lot of guys for sure it's like in a battle royal you always see the guys run after the giant try to dump them Right, but they didn't just like beat him. You know what I mean? It was like three finishers in a row. Right, you know, right. So, like, like who's going to kick out of that? Take so, him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then they follow that up with um, like a similar thing, right? Where all the faces hit their finishers. Yes. On who? Who do they do that to? Next one would Shane? be uh, Shane. Would be next one eliminated. So pretty much, I'll leave. Okay. Uh, by this point, so this is like maybe seven minutes. Seven ten minutes into the match, Shane has done right. like twelve to twelve uh, pinfall uh, uh, breakups. breakups. So what a fucking prick! Yeah. The entire <laughs> but, he, but you know what? But he like played his mm-hmm. part. You know what I mean? He did contribute before getting eliminated. Yeah. Right. Um. And he's showing that desperation as the guy who has all the money riding on this. Good point. You know, it's good storytelling. As uh, Paul Heyman is pointing out, like, he's the owner. He's def- he's going out there defending the honor. Why isn't Vince doing it? And right. JR is actually so, defending Vince, saying, like, well, Vince knows that he has a 500-pound giant. Why not throw him in there? Yeah, right. Um, so the way Shane gets taken out is... Um, he's kind of celebrating in the ring after taking out Big Show, and The Rock just jumps his mm-hmm. ass, fucks him up. Tags Kane in. T- Kane hits a choke slam, um, and Taker gets in, hits a tombstone. Then Jericho hits a lion salt and pins him, which was a great sequence. But why didn't the Rock hit the rock bottom? Good point. Because I think he just punched him before tag. <laughs> like, yeah, I think you're right. Or kicked him or something. Yeah, or a forearm or some shit like that, like a nothing. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this, and I don't know if either of you guys caught it, when Undertaker was gonna tombstone him, he let go of him and did a double thumbs down. Which really puts a spotlight on the fact that Shane is holding himself up in that position. Ah, yes. I did not catch that, but that's a good point. Yeah, because obviously when you do the match, you grab Undertaker's waist. 
And a lot of guys hook their feet behind his neck. Not everybody does, but a lot of guys do. Shane did both of those. Taker lets go of him. And it's like, oh, Shane, you could have just let go and not taken a tombstone. <laughs> hmm. So, and, it, and it's a weird, to me, it was a mistake, but it's not a rookie mistake because it's Undertaker. Right. You know what I mean? It was a weird thing. You wouldn't think Undertaker would be the guy to do that. Good point. It's weird, yeah. like, you could almost forgive him for, for doing something like that. I forgive Undertaker for almost everything he's ever yeah, done. That's fair. Couple couple things uh, we're we're gonna have to talk about. Mm, episode idea. <laughs> I don't no. know about that, <laughs> <No>. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, after Shane's eliminated, we are back to being tied one to one. Yeah, and immediately after that, RVD gets rolled up, and during the pin, JR shades. JR says shades of Jack Briscoe and Greensboro, and I right away think, how does his brain work that fucking fast? Dude, that's crazy, right? Like, what a great announcer. Man. Yeah, he went into the well there for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about, so cool. (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about either. It's just obviously Jack Briscoe fucking, or yeah, Jack Briscoe either took a roll up or rolled up someone in Greensboro. And JR either saw it or called it. He probably called it. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Um, then I think the next one out is Booker, right? Uh, no. Ken, or no, RVD. No, RVD it's going to be uh, RVD versus Kane. He hits the frog splash, but Kane gets right back up. Booker mm-hmm. disrupts to, and that's when the match breaks down. Uh, but uh, back in, in the ring, it's still Kane and uh, RVD. He didn't do the frog splash, but he hits a drop kick for the pinfall. So Kane's out. Alliance takes the lead two to one. Yeah, Kane lost to a drop kick. <laughs> That's your mayor. Yeah. And after that, Taker's had enough and he beats up the entire alliance on his own. Puts them all on the four <laughs> corners, does body splashes to all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he gets ganged up on it. He takes a stunner. Um, and I think Angle pinned him. Uh, Austin rolled Angle on top of him for the pinfall. He rolled Angle onto him, yeah, for a three count. And the Lions takes the lead three to one. Paul says that Angle and Austin are on the same side. I I think it was good, cause like, just good uh, storytelling because it doesn't really feel like it a bit. Yeah. Okay, so let's recap. Let's recap who's in the match still. We got Rock. Rock. And Rock, Jericho. Jericho. Oh, Rock and Jericho. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, T, and then, RVD, uh, RVD, Angle, and Austin. Angle yeah. and Austin. Yeah, so, yeah. Got so four you got on two. two on four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, then you get a Rock and RVD. They do something, and they end up in a double down. Jericho, tag, Jericho tags in, and um, he starts whipping on RVD. Uh, but he takes a kick, and then they're both down. Um, Jericho, the camera's on on Jericho, and Jericho is clearly calling a spot to RVD. Did you catch that, Scott? I didn't catch that. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like telling RVD what to do next, and Jr. is like, I think he's checking on his teeth, <laughs> <laughs> which was like that's a good way. That was a creative way to cover that up. Yeah, but, not bad. You know bad. what I mean? If you've watched, if you've watched wrestling and you know what to look for, you know what's going on. Right. Um, RBD goes for a um, split-legged moonsault, and he takes a knee, um, and then Jericho hits the skull-crushing finale on him to pin him, which I totally forgot he used to do that move. I don't remember him doing it at all. 
I, I remember the distinct place where he does it later in this match. But yeah, as a as a regular move in his arsenal. Yep. Forgot that he was able to do yeah. so. But uh, yeah, he gets yeah. Uh, gets it on RVD. We're back to this is t- two on two, three, three two. on two, three to two. Or first is uh, Booker T gets eliminated, then RVD, and then we're tied uh, three to three when he hits that uh, skull crushing finale. Rock was able to sneak a roll up on uh, Booker T to uh, take him out. We're tied at two and two. Yeah. This is starting to sound like Hogan math. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As usual, the show is going off the rails. Um, sorry. It's probably a good part of it is my fault. I've had the Irish whiskey. I had a shot of Bushmills. I had it's the coconut so. liquor. And I'm about three quarters of the way through this 10%. Who put the fucking carrot in the cake? <laughs> so uh, I can't be held responsible for this anymore. So we're two on two. So you got a two on two. And here's what's really interesting about this at this point. Now it turns into a tag team match. Like just a straight, they start wrestling like a regular tag team match. It's almost like it's an entirely new match. Yep. Which I liked a lot. You start out with the brawl. Austin and the Rock are outside. And a Rock takes a, a post to the face. And then um, you got the quick tags from the heels. Austin hits another top rope superplex like he did at Invasion, which was like, fuck, man, I forgot he ever did that move. Yeah. Um, and uh, the heels are getting heat on Jericho through this. So now you're like, okay, we're building up to this Austin hot tag. So it's exactly like it, it could have been uh, the Brain Busters and the Rockers at this point. Totally. We're doing your cl- classic tag team match. I, I really like this part. This, to me, was when the match got really good. It was good up to this point. It was action-packed, but I think they slowed it down at the right time. They did exactly the right thing. But it was also... Match. I mean, you've got... Oh. Go ahead, Adam. It was also... It also felt like it was just... These were the right f- combination of uh, four wrestlers to have at Bingo. this point in yes. the match. You have... Oh, definitely. Yeah, you have... I mean, yeah. Angle has defected. Uh, seems to be like Austin's buddy-buddy, uh, alliance-wise. But uh, Paul Heyman has also, with his asshole-ish commentary clearly established the fact that they are more unified even though Rock and Jericho just uh, knocked off two in a row Angle and Austin are more unified and uh, Jericho and Rock are more unstable so even though you want WWF to win it could still go either way well whoever wins is WWF yeah. Look at the four guys left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But it's good. It's a good, it's the perfect last four because all four guys have been world champion mm-hmm. at this point. It, right. They're all made men. I feel like, yeah, change out any one wrestler with any one other wrestler who has already been eliminated definitely changes, uh, uh, like, the tone of the match going forward. You're totally, right. Totally, totally. Yeah, so finally we get the hot tag. So you end up with Rock and Angle on the in the ring. Rock is on fire, and he, like, right away taps Angle out with the sharpshooter. Yeah, that was shocking. Angle didn't tap often, if at all. No. I, th- yeah, this might have been his first time ever topping. I think so. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's possible. He had his, he had a, b- a lot of matches with Benoit, though, so maybe not. But and I don't Jericho, know. too, but I don't recall him and tapping. Jericho. But either way, uh, yeah. that, that's uh, WWF's first lead. Four to, four right. to three. Oh, you know what? He tapped the Taz oh, yeah. at Royal Rumble 2000. That's true. Angled. Angled. His, uh, I think that was his first loss. 
Huh. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, still, it's it's super rare for him to tap. So for him to go out to the sharpshooter, it was pretty shocking, actually. Yeah. Um. So Rock won't let go of the sharpshooter. Austin comes in and um, he breaks that up, but he takes out Earl in the process. But I think that was legit. <laughs> Oops. I don't think that was... A- I don't think it was a planned ref bump. I think Earl was just in the wrong position and got hit. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's the way it looked to me. Um, Jericho tags in and both guys go for the walls. Somehow Austin's mouth is bleeding and I think that might be the collision with Earl. That could be, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So then we end up with Austin eventually reverses a roll-up for the pin on Jericho and now we go to a singles match, Rock and Austin. Yeah, who could have predicted that? Never go wrong. Yeah, tied four to four. Uh, they they right, immediately yeah. uh, go, start going after each other. Jericho's trying to plead cases with uh, with the referee. And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the skull-crushing finale that maybe you weren't expecting but kind of did, it happens. He hits it on the rock, and Paul Heyman wets himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he finished yeah. under that desk. <laughs> And JR called him an old broad. When it happened, and the when it happened, right JR after, yelled, "By God!" <laughs> it was right after Rock hit a spine buster. So he hits the spine buster. You think the people's elbow and the and the um, rock bottom is coming next? Yeah, game like, over. Exactly. Jericho fucked it all up, and um, Austin takes a long time to go for the pin. He only gets a two, and um, Jericho's walking up the ramp. And when he sees the two count, he starts walking back down. But then Undertaker comes out to fucking stop him. Why cool. Undertaker didn't... Undertaker just chased him to the back. He, Why he didn't punch him to the back? Yeah. He didn't lay hands on him. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. Um, So then they're they're both... It's sort of a double down type situation. Rock, they both get up. Rockets tossed over the top and he hits his knee on the desk. So now you got the baby face fighting with an injury. Right. Which was really good. Um. You got some brawling outside. Earl doesn't even care. And at this, and I'm like, well, yeah, this is a time where the referee should kind of have some kind of leniency on a 10 count right. outside the ring because it's such an important match. You know, like, I think when they do that in a title match on occasion, it doesn't bother me. Then I start thinking, wouldn't it have been great if this ended with a double count out? Oh, dude. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Well, I mean, you then you know you're on the road to WrestleMania. I guess so. And you... Have- you don't give a fuck about the people who paid all that money to watch that paper. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry guys. Just kidding. This wasn't the be all end all. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, we get back inside. Austin puts rock in a sharpshooter because it's survivor series. Right. <laughs> um, Austin gets a rope break. Or, I mean, uh, rock gets a rope break. Austin gets the belt, but he winds up in a sharpshooter anyway. And the crowd is on fucking fire at this point. Yeah. All 10,000 of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, then you get a double uh, middle finger. Austin goes for a stunner. Rock reverses it. Middle finger, and he hits the stunner on Austin, and you get a double down. The Rock eventually rolls over for a pin. Nick Patrick purrs, pull, pulls Earl out and hits him, and the Rock goes for a rock bottom on Nick Patrick, but Austin rock bottoms him. For a, and gets a two count. Why didn't Nick Patrick do a fast count at this point? Yeah, why? Because he's, he's already like full swerve. You're already, this dumb. You're yeah, already like, oh, interjecting and uh, doing your corruption. Go all in. He can't even Nick be Patrick's the most evil. powerful person in wrestling right now. Right, exactly. He could have just slap, right. slap, slap, game over. God, that's, yeah, that yeah. is so crazy to comprehend in like just this 
10 foot uh, area, you suddenly become more powerful than Vince McMahon. You have a company in your hands. Why couldn't yeah. you have done so that? The future of wrestling is is in your hands and you He blew it. A regular count. He fucked up Starcade yeah. 97 and then he fucked up Survivor <laughs> Series 2001. Yeah. He's a clown. Um so Austin argues with Nick Patrick takes his ass out. He's all Austin he's all pleading Earl like Come on man, I tried to count. Why didn't you count faster, dumb shit? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what the fuck? So then we get into we get to the finish. Um, Austin goes for a stunner. Rock pushes him off into Earl. Hits a rock bottom, um, and uh, or goes goes for a rock bottom. Blocks a stu- hits a stunner. Right, Rock hits a stunner, but Earl's down. Yeah, yeah. Rock Rock goes down. Uh, Heyman Heyman's all like, "This is it! I can't believe it! It's gonna happen!" But there's no referee. Damn it! Yeah. So Austin gets Earl up. I'm sorry. Rock, Rock went for a rock bottom. Stone Cold blocked it and hit a stoner, mm-hmm. stunner. But Earl's down. Austin gets Earl up. And then Angle runs it's in. Like, yep. And yeah, and Heyman is on fire until Angle clocks Austin and Rock hits the rock bottom for the win. Yep. Angle hits him with the WWF title. Rock yep. pins Austin. And the match, it was 44 minutes and 57 seconds. It's one of the longest matches in WWE history as far as pay-per-views go. That was insane, dude. But, I mean, you're talking it, 10 guys. Minus like 10 any of the top Iron names. Man match. Yeah, this has to be up there. Yeah. I also think it's funny that the fate of WCW and ECW came down to Rock versus Austin. <laughs> Rock versus Austin, right. Two guys who... <laughs> Yeah, two guys. I mean, Austin had been in both of the other companies. Rock had been in neither. Homegrown but, WWF, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just weird. And that's sort of the end of the invasion. That was it. Nail yeah. in the coffin. Yeah. The all um, all, te- all 10,000 so, are cheering. They show. <laughs> they go backstage. You see <laughs> in the WWF locker room, you see Edge jump into Albert's arms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, the, and then yeah. they, Stephanie looks like a very upset dominatrix. Right. Yes. She had to be a regular person. Like, why did yeah. you say the safety word? They should have made her clean the toilet in that locker room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> WWF should have celebrated and had her go get groceries. So after the match, Vince comes out with his dick out and throws his jacket down on the ramp and puts his fist in the air mm-hmm. and... That's that for the pay-per-view. Um, I love this match. And I'll tell you why. They protected Austin because he got a pin with Earl down. And it took a run-in with a belt shot for him to lose. Right. Right? So he's like, yeah, he had to lose this match. But he's still your top guy in the company. Make him look good. It took every fucking thing that, that uh, WWE could throw at him. You to could also him. figure that um, one moment itself turned him back and turned him uh, face again. Yeah, like yeah. the next night yeah. he was face again. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Also, I think um, that was Rock's first win over Austin, if I'm not mistaken. On a on a big I mean, unless it was a match on, on a, a big four, a I would say so. Yeah, on a big pay per view. Yeah, yeah, on a on a major stage. Yes, for sure. Yeah, um, I loved the way it was. I don't know who booked it. I mean, I always whenever something's booked well, I always assume it was Patterson. Patterson yeah. Patterson's a fucking genius. Yep. I love that it was basically three matches in one. You know, it was a five on five. 
Then it whittled down to a two-on-two, and they wrestled it like a regular tag match. Then we end up with a singles match. It was one of the best. It might be the best five-on-five match. I think. Uh, I yeah. think uh, one of them uh, pointed out that at the beginning, if you could, if you think about it, it could get down to a four-on-one situation. How crazy would that have been to have a company on the line with, like, a, practically a stranglehold on four wrestlers? Or yeah. caused by four wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so overall, I love this show. Um, it's probably my second favorite Survivor Series after the 98 Survivor Series, which we definitely are going to do an episode on that. Yep, that was great. At some point. Um it was really well booked and you have to watch Raw the next day. You know, like yes, even watching this now, I was like, I got to watch. Yes. I got to watch the next Raw. Yeah. Because um, you end up with a lot of uh, setup storylines. You've got Tess with immunity. You've got Matt acting weird, possibly banging Trish. Yep. Trish is your um, new champion. Jazz showed, yeah. Um, Jazz showed up and you don't know where her loyalty is. You don't, you don't know if she's Alliance or WWE. Yep. Austin um, is still champion. Austin is still champion, and he's in the company that lost and therefore should be banned from TV. Angle swerved. Um, Angle, um, Angle swerved, and Jericho swerved. Yeah. Lots so of question really marks. Is, and it's one of those things, you don't see a lot of that anymore, where you're like, holy shit, man, I got I can't wait for tomorrow night. Yeah, so many loose you know, ends, I got to see how these wrap up. Yeah, it's very rare that you get, watch a pay-per-view these days, and that's how you feel after. Like, wow, like... The pay-per-views now are, for the most part, are usually really good. They very rarely have a bad pay-per-view, but they mostly lack that quality. Right. You know, just on a match-per-match basis, they're usually really good because they just have a great roster, really talented guys. But that is missing. And that's all I got to say about that. No, you're right, dude. It was a solid show, one of the best Survivor Series of all time. I totally agree with you. What a roller coaster of emotions, like... For the past few months, and then you have to endure one more show with its own set of roller coaster emotions like that before a crowd of 10,000 and fans around the world. Yeah. yeah, and if anything, judge this off the five versus five and the Dudleys versus Hardy's cage match minus the finish. Both of those are right. worth the price of admission for those 10,000 alone. Yeah. Totally, totally. And. That takes care of our, our ma- shoot. I thought there was one thing that I missed. Oh well, that takes care of Survivor Series from the year of our Lord, two thousand one, the fifteenth annual Survivor Series, season fifteen, episode one on Peacock. What did you think of this pay per view when you were watching it back in the day, and uh, what were you feeling uh, through this entire? Uh, this entire show because of the entire sequence of events and all the occurrences and results that were happening within the show. What, where were you thinking? Do you think you were going to be watching WCW raw the next night? Or were you confident that uh, it was going to be WWF raw? Let us know uh, what you think uh, on our social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wrestling, underscore drunk and yeah I think that takes uh, care of it so on behalf of Eddie and Scott I'm Adam reminding all of you to please enjoy your buzz watch wrestling responsibly drink like nobody's watching and we will see you next week 
I don't think I want to give it away quite yet, but we will see you next week to close yeah, out Invasion Month with something very interesting uh, that we have planned. It is still Invasion Month, but we still have uh, something planned. You just got to tell your uh, family, friends, heels and faces about it. Follow us and uh, you'll hear that awesome episode. We will see you. Yeah, just tell them what if you guys listen to the show next week. Yeah, please do. That's FFS. All right, see y'all. One, two, three. WWF wins! Dive. Dive.